Hi, and welcome to this, the first episode of Chronicles The Hundred Years War. This podcast series is going to be a weekly walkthrough through the full chronicle of France, England, Spain, and other adjoining places by Jean Fossard. In each episode, we're going to have a look through a couple of chapters where I, your narrator, am then going to provide commentary and context, as well as readings from a number of other historical sources that may be relevant from my own library of books, which may include contemporary sources or may include opinions from modern historians and other modern texts writing about the times that we'll be looking at in the Chronicle. Before we begin, there's a couple of things I'll quickly mention. First of all, my copy of Fossar's Chronicles is abridged in a couple of places. That's very normal for this kind of book. It's very rare to find a copy of Fossar's Chronicles that is totally unabridged. And even then, it's typically an amalgamation of a number of books because Fossar never wrote one full chronicle. He had a number of editions. And when someone puts together a work of this type, they typically inspect as many of those editions as they can find good copies of and be allowed to read and then piece together the right amount of information and the most true copy that they can. It's also worth noting a couple of things about the text itself. First of all, it is a book that was designed to be read aloud. So occasionally we're going to find there are some pauses on my part or some little sections where a word sounds a little bit different. That is for a couple of reasons. First of all, is the one that I mentioned before. We'll find another things like tongue is spelled T-O-N-G or serene is spelled S-O-U-E-R-A-Y-N-E. And so the phonetic pronunciation occasionally might trip us up. We'll also find a couple of words that have fallen out of popular use. Devoir is a good example of a word that is obviously French in nature and is a word that largely means duty. If you do your devoir, you have done your duty. And so occasionally you'll hear words like that thrown in. Normally context is enough to pick those ones up, but if there's anything that we need to add in as far as an explanation goes, typically I'll read the text and then in the commentary afterwards, I'll try and clue you in as to what those particular meanings are. The book that we're reading was commissioned in the time of Edward III. Poissard's first major patron was Queen Philippa of Hainault. And so it's worth remembering that, especially because the book itself starts a little earlier than that. It'll start about two generations earlier, and that's going to be important for providing a lot of context as to what's happening in the world that leads up to the war itself. So I know people will be excited to get into that, but you will just have to bear with me for a couple of chapters while we lead into learning who some of the key people and players are and what's happening in the world before we actually get into the 112 year engagement that is the 100 years war. And so that's probably enough preamble. Might be time for us to get into the book a little bit and do a little bit of reading. So without further ado, here beginneth the first volume of Sir John Frossard of the Chronicles of England, France, Spain, Portugal, Scotland, Brittany, Flanders, and other places adjoining, translated out of French into our maternal English tongue by Sir John Brochier, Knight Lord Berners, at the commandment of our most high redoubted Serene Lord King Henry VIII, King of England and of France and High Defender of the Christian Faith, etc. Chapter 1. Here beginneth the prologue of Sir John Frassard of the Chronicles of France, England and other places adjoining. 
to the intent that the honourable and noble feats of arms done and achieved by the wars of France and England should notably be energised and put to perpetual memory, whereby the Prue and Hardy may ensample to encourage them in their well-doing, I, Sir John Frassard, will treat and record an history of great lounge and praise. But, or I begin, I require the Saviour of all the world, who have nothing created all things, that he will give me such grace and understanding that I may continue and preserve in such ways that whoso this process readeth or heareth may take pastance, pleasure, and ensample. It is said of truth that all buildings are masoned and wrought of diverse stones, and all great rivers are gurged and assembled of diverse surges and springs of water. And likewise, all sciences are extraught and compiled of diverse clerks, of that one writeth another preadventure is ignorant. But by the famous writing of ancient authors, all things been known in one place or another. Then to attain to the matter I have enterprised, I will begin first by the grace of God and of the Blessed Virgin, Our Lady St. Mary, for whom all comfort and consolation proceedeth and will take my foundation out of the true chronicles sometime compiled by the right reverend, discreet, and sage master, John LaBelle, sometime canon in St. Lambert's of Liege, who with good heart and due diligence did his true devoir in writing this noble chronicle, and did continue it all his life's days, in following the truth as near as he might to his great charge and cost in seeking to have the perfect knowledge thereof. He was also in his life's days well beloved and of the secret counsel with the Lord Sir John of Hainault, who is often remembered as reason requireth hereafter in this book. For of many fair and noble adventures he was chief causer, and by whose means the said Sir John Lebel might well know and hear of many diverse noble deeds, the which hereafter shall be declared. Truth it is I, who have enterprised this book, to the which always I have been inclined, and for that intent I have followed and frequented the company of diverse nobles and great lords, to the which always I have been inclined, and for that intent I have followed and frequented the company of diverse nobles and great lords, as well as in France, England, and Scotland, as in diverse other countries, and have knowledge by them, and always to my power justly have inquired for the truth of the deeds of war and adventures that have fallen. And especially sith the great battle of Poitiers, whereas the noble king, John of France, was taken prisoner, as before that time I was but of a young age or understanding. Howbeit, I took on me as soon as I came from school to write and recite the said book, and bear the same compiled into England, and presented the volume thereof to my lady Philippa of Hainault, noble queen of England, who right amiably received it to my great profit and advancement. And it may be so that the same book is not yet examined nor corrected so justly as such a case requireth. For feats of arms dearly bought and achieved, the honour thereof ought to be given and truly divided to them by that prowess and hard travail have deserved it. Therefore, to equip me in that behalf and in the following, the truth as near as I can, I, John Frassard, have enterprised this history on the foresaid ordinance and true foundation, at the insistence and request of a dear lord of mine, Robert of Namor, Knight Lord of Beaufort to whom I entirely owe love and obstinance. God grant me to do that thing that may be his pleasure. Amen. So for the commentary portion of things, we've got a couple of things that I'd like to talk about there. The first one would be, Bussar mentions in the page before, go back to that, 
that he will take his foundation out of the true chronicles sometime compiled by the right reverend, discreet and sage master, John LaBelle. This sentence is doing two things for us. First of all, it's a byline. And second of all, it's acknowledgement that the early part of this book is heavily plagiarizing the chronicles of John LaBelle. The reason for that is that Frasal considers it quite important that you have some of this sort of pre-reading context information that starts a little bit around the time of Edward I and will follow through to around the time of the Battle of Poitiers, which is within the Hundred Years' War itself, where Frasal acknowledges that before that time he was but of a young age or understanding and not in a position to actually write himself about the events that were happening. We'll also see a sentence here at the start, which sort of feeds into the idea that there are multiple editions of Fossar's Chronicles, where he says that it may be so that the same book is not as yet examined nor corrected so justly as such requireth. There are early editions of the Chronicle that then change what they're actually saying and are updated as new information becomes present, which is fantastic. It, it does help us focus our lens onto increasingly correct information and compare opinions of the times with what we can find and corroborate with archaeology, other sources, proper accounts and what we can find through any number of historical records to make sure we're learning the most exact and the most correct information as possible as we go through this wonderful story. The other thing that I do want to mention here is that it does give some clues about the focus of the book on the first page. The very first sentence of chapter one, to the intent that the honorable and noble adventures of feats of arms done and achieved by the wars of France and England should notably be enregistered and put into the perpetual memory. The goal of this book is largely focusing around what Rissar and people of the times considered to be masculine virtue. They are things like knights performing great deeds, battles of arms and feats, and that is why a lot of the focus of the book does tend towards capturing the war between France and England. There will be a significantly less focus on things like diplomacy and trade and economics and the feelings of how things are going within the kingdom. Those things will largely be downplayed to the background so that this idea of knights and men performing these great deeds can be discussed as really the key focus of the book. It's not to say those things won't be in the book at all, but certainly if you are looking for a story of high middle ages with great battles and daring deeds, then this is certainly going to be much closer to the kind of thing that you're looking for. We also got a couple of proper nouns out of that one. We got the Lords of Hinault and Queen Philippa of Hinault. Certainly those are people you'll be hearing about before too long. They, they definitely take a role in this story. And the Lord of Beaufort himself will undoubtedly be appearing in the story as well. So I think that's a lot of interesting things that we can hope to look forward to. And I do hope that after hearing this, you will be excited to join me for chapter two onwards next week in our next episode of Chronicles, The Hundred Years War. See you then.
Hi folks, quick addendum on the end here. This version of episode one might sound a little bit different if you were one of the early listeners who listened to the original version of the very first episode of this podcast. That's because I've redone this one now that I've got a little bit more production quality with my equipment and what's going on in the background to make sure that early listeners are getting an idea of where they're gonna end up because I know some of these early episodes have a few things that we could tweak. Hopefully, by the time most of you listen to this, all of those early episodes will have been redone in this fashion. But if at any point you feel like there's one that we should update, do feel free to reach out to me so that I can maybe upgrade it to the higher production quality that we're now capable of. Thanks, folks.